Thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. It is such a blast to serve the local schools and just really represent the love of Jesus to them through a simple act of kindness like giving them 100% of their school supplies. And so thank you. You know, specifically, and we'll say more of this when Elizabeth comes up at the end and closes us out for today, but uh, any of you who gave towards that, like there were parents coming up and just going, you gave my son his school supplies? And I was like, yeah. And he's just like, son, tell him thank you. I mean, just like, you know, it's like I thought he was going to kill me at first. And then he's like, oh, he's not going to kill me. And then this other gal comes up and says, I have six kids. I can't tell you. Like, you just saved me $1,000. It's like, yeah, we, we actually just did. And it, it was just amazing. It was a lot of fun to just dialogue with people and have the opportunity to serve them. And the cool thing is, is there's a few of the teachers there that are open lifers. So it was a lot of fun to, to serve our own or serve people that go to other churches and and just be able to really make a huge impact in their life. So, hey, thanks for those of you who are, are usually with us. Um, thanks for coming and, and allowing us to experiment with stuff, uh, moving things around a little. You'll notice in the coming weeks, we'll just kind of experiment here or there for the sake of utilizing our facility a little better when we have to add more chairs. You may not realize that we kind of have this little like 40% growth clip happening on a normal Sunday, so we're trying to prepare. It is. It's kind of fun. Thanks for the one person excited about that. But anyway, we're going to um, add chairs back. Oh, what a crowd. This is a great crowd. It's awesome. Uh, so, no, we're, we're, we're going to have fun pushing that back. And But you're here on a special day. Uh, how do I catch you up? Let's see. Open Life, we've been in a series uh, in Luke for about... 21 months. So let's just caption all of what we've taught so far. It's funny, today is the final day in a series uh, through the entire book of Luke. It's one of the four Gospels, the books that talk about Jesus. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Luke writes to people who had no church background to help them understand, one, for certainty, that Jesus was the Son of God. He wanted there to be no doubt left in anyone's mind. And then, two, he wanted to make sure those who weren't in the lineage, like the Jewish history and the Israelite lineage, he wanted to make sure we all understood, no matter who we are or what our background was, what our life was to this point, Jesus is for us, too. And so that's kind of the purpose of his entire writing. And we want to, we I guess if you're just going to caption it all together, you would say, 
Jesus is the Son of God, and we've been looking at that. We've been looking at how He heals and how He delivers and how He gives freedom and how He shares love and how He pours hope into our life and wants hope to go right through us into others' lives and demonstrates that over and over and over again. So to get right where we're at in the text of Luke, Jesus was just crucified on a cross. He gave up His life, a sinless life, uh, and, and shed His blood for us. It's, it's kind of brutal, so welcome to, welcome to church, <laughs> right? So here's Jesus um, giving up His life for us. They bury Him, and He raises to life three days later. There are people coming to, like, make Him smell better. <laughs> it's, it's so weird, but they were. Like, three days later, they were showing up with, like, these spices and stuff to, to just make it not smell around the tomb. And the tomb was empty, and they're like, what? And they went back and told the others, the disciples, and there's this one disciple that's just in your face all the time, high energy. Um, you know, I kind of, if you need a word picture, I would go with John, our youth pastor. Anyway, so, uh, you know, that's kind of the Peter in the room, right? John is the guy that would just run in, be full of energy, and he runs in and he looks and Jesus is gone, and that's where we ended last week. So this is where we're at, and the big idea for today is Jesus opens the way to life. So let's read on the text. It'll be on the screen behind us, or you can follow through on your phone. You may have realized on the app there's a little bit of change. Uh, you just select your campus, which is you're at Bonnie Lake, and you go to service content, and that's where you'll find this week's outline. So, and I, okay, yeah, that's where we're at. Luke 24, 13 says this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus Himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing Him. He asked them, hey, what are you guys discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, and their faces were downcast, and one of them named Cleopas. Don't you want that name? My name's Thaddeus, right? So, I mean, I'm close to Cleopas. Why didn't I not name any of my kids that? I don't know. Anyway, so moving on, and asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And that, what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of the women, um, uh, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he, had, he was alive. Then some of our companions went, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter the glory, enter his glory? 
Verse 27 says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he broke bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord is risen. He's appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the, day, on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. That's a reflection back to when he served them communion, right? He, he broke, I'm sure it was gluten-free. Everybody loved that bread last week. We might try a different bread next time. Anyway, so uh, he broke the bread, and, uh, and, and, he, and they remembered, wait, we sat at the table with Jesus at the Last Supper, right? And he broke the bread just like this, and all of a sudden their eyes were like, oh, this is Jesus. And imagine it's like the bread's like here, and then poof, Jesus is gone. The bread's like, kunk, kunk, kunk. Whoa, I would get up and run to Jerusalem too for two reasons. One, I'd be scared. And <laughs> two, it'd be amazing, right? So you're in that moment of, are you kidding me? Thought number one today, Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Jesus himself walked along with them, it says. And they're like, it's true, the Lord is risen. So since he rose, and he ascends into heaven, as we'll read here in a second, but he's with us. He's given us his promise. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. He's with us. I don't know how downcast your life might be. I don't know how discouraged you may be right now or what you're facing as a real circumstance. Maybe you're at the high point of your life, but maybe some of you are downcast and you're trying to think, man, how do I get through what I'm getting through? Well, you don't have to get through it alone because when you follow Jesus, he is with you. He's right there encouraging you, getting you to think. He's asking them questions to get them to think, well, what did he say to you? Talk to me. What's going on? How can we? He's a great coach. He's a question asker. And you sense that now, probably not audibly, but you sense that. You could be in a scenario where you're like, man, what should I do here? And you have this thought, well, how would I love them? And you're like, whoa, okay, this is what I'm going to do. How would you deal with this, Jesus? We, ha we have the opportunities with us. The Holy Spirit now is speaking and reminding us. How would it change your outlook if you sensed the presence of Jesus with you when you're going throughout your day? Because we should. That should be our prayer, that we'll be aware of what he would have us do. We're being shown and encouraged that Jesus is with us. It, Luke 24, 36. Let's continue here. While they were still 
talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened and glad they were wearing depends. Oh, wait, that's not there. Just a sec. Verse 37. Seriously, that'd be me. It'd be like, whoa, they don't make these cloaks thick enough. Anyway, uh, so they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? <laughs> and, and, well, Jesus, come on. You just showed up. You just freaked us out, dude. You know, that, I don't know. That's what I would be saying in that room. So why are you troubled? Why, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands. It is I, myself. Touch me, see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate it in their presence. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I just find this comical. I think I find comedy in a lot of different parts of the Bible, but I'm like, he just shows up. And they're like, oh, uh, they're wondering what's going on. They're amazed because that, that's Jesus. And yeah, he has skin and everything. And, and they're like, they want to worship him and they want to bow down. And he's like, what you guys cooking? That smells really good. I've been hungry three days. You know, it's like, what? He just wants some food. He's grubbing. This is weird. But he has a question in there that I think we should ask ourselves and and we should explore this morning a little bit. I'll kind of camp on this for a while. Why do doubts rise in your mind? Why do doubts rise in your minds? I don't know. What, what makes you doubt that Jesus is the Son of God? What makes you doubt that Christ is the way to eternal life in heaven? What makes you question your faith? That's what Jesus himself is asking of his followers here as he rises and spends time with them. God sent his one and only son. What makes you doubt that that happened? It's historically recorded. It's proven over and over again. Why do we doubt? The reality that Luke is identifying this is very cool, though. It's very cool what he's communicating because he's communicating to all of us Hey, those closest to Jesus struggled with doubt and questioning Jesus themselves. It's okay for us to have doubts and question if he's really here. It's okay for us to say, man, Jesus, I'm just wondering what is up with this circumstance? This is just frustrating because you said you would never leave me or forsake me. And I'm just, I'm not feeling like you're with me. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to have doubt and unbelief that we're processing through as we try to learn more about Jesus and, and open up the Word of God and start to read through the Scriptures to, to really own our faith, which brings us to thought number two that we should really grab out of this, and that is Jesus has faith in you. Jesus has faith in you. Jesus understands you're going to have doubt. Jesus understands you're going to battle with unbelief. It's been quite some time since we read the story back in Luke 9, but there's the story of Jesus healing a 
a demon-possessed boy, all the days of his life he was demon-possessed, and he would throw himself in a fire and foam at the mouth. Creep any parent out, right? <laughs> hey, yeah, um, we're coming over for s'mores, but can you make sure, like, the fire's out when we get there? Because something happens with Billy. If there's a fire, he's going to jump inside, and he's going to foam at the mouth, and everybody's going to get creeped out. That's, that's the family's reality, right? Demon-possessed child that is going to struggle to throw himself in a fire and foam at the mouth. And so the disciples are sent out by Jesus. They're trying to heal people as Jesus was healing people. He sent them out two by two, but they couldn't heal this boy. Again, that's probably one of those moments we would naturally struggle with unbelief, right? Okay, we saw Jesus do it. He told us to do it. Demon not coming out of this kid. So the father's frustrated too. He comes to Jesus and says, um, yeah, your disciples couldn't cast this out of my kids like you're casting out of other people, so what's up, right? And so that's where we catch up to the story. And we're going to read Mark's version of it in Mark 9 as he recorded it in Mark's gospel. It says in verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. Like, no, I get it, Jesus. I've seen what you can do, but I'm struggling here. I think that's an okay conversation to have with God, right? Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus did cast the demon out of the boy and taught the disciples, hey, this, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. And so they're like, oh. And they got a lesson on prayer and fasting that day. But what I want to focus in on is help me overcome my unbelief. Because unbelief is not abnormal. The expression of lack of faith is just a tangible reality in the world we live in. We're going to face circumstances that make us question God. And Jesus gets that. And Luke gets that and writes his testimony of the Son of God in this gospel in such a way that we could grasp the fact that doubts and unbelief are a natural reality. And Mark records that, obviously, in his record of the gospel and that story. And guess what? So does Matthew. Matthew records the same deal. Now, we're used to, maybe if you've been in church at all or you've been around Christians, you may have heard them say there's this great commission. It's our mission as a church where the Bible teaches at the end of the book of the gospel of Matthew, go into all the nations and teach the gospel and baptize people in the name of the Son and Father and the Holy Spirit. That's, we quote that part and kind of get that as Christians. We're like, yes, this is our mission, people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. But you miss the context that is really mind-blowing. When we're talking about unbelief, you've got to read the preceding verses. It says this in Matthew 28, 16. Here's the whole story. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, this is after he was resurrected, right? It's the same moment. They worshipped him, but some doubted. 
That's the context when Jesus came to them and said this. So they're in the middle of doubt. And he comes and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Catch this. Remember point number one. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus just empowered the 11 disciples in the middle of their greatest moment of doubt and says, well, it's been cool being here with three, for three years with you guys, but it's all up to you. All authority is now on you. Peace. And he ascends into heaven. Unbelievable. In the middle of their unbelief, Jesus still empowered them. I think we can relate to this in Seattle a little bit. I'm going to draw a little parallel illustration just to kind of walk this out a little bit. It's football season. I'm glad, I'm proud of how my Huskies did on, uh, uh, the other night. They didn't pull out, you know, missed it by. Anyway, so I'm just, you know, they didn't get the field goal against the Broncos. Don't like any Broncos. Anyway, so moving on, uh, but the Huskies, uh, but we're in Seahawk mode, right? Roster's down to 53. We're wondering what's going to happen. And with Bam Bam Cam, we're all anxious to see what is this season going to look like. Uh, we're regular. We're ready for regular season. You know, we know that they unfortunately chose a 10 a.m. game next Sunday, but that's why they make DVRs. No pressure. It's a score-free zone here at Open Life, so if you come, wear your Seahawks garb, you know. But here's the story. You know, can you imagine a football team making their last possessions count? They're in the huddle. They're on a drive. They're trying to make a comeback. And Russell Wilson comes in, says, you know, guys, we could do the impossible. Separation's in the preparation. And he's sitting there having a pep talk with them in the huddle. And he's like, we can do this. We can make this comeback. I know all the stats are against us, but don't believe the statistics. Believe our past. You know, he's having a little. And they're He's like, we're prepared to win. We plan to win. This is what the season's all about. No looking back. You know, he's giving them their speech. And he's like, we got one final pass. And there in the huddle, you have Baldwin. You have Curse. You have a few lockets, and now we're all going to be confused. <laughs> now you're going to have Graham, right? And he's like, he's huddled over all of them. I'm huge. And... Uh, Wait, was that just Donald Trump in the huddle? It's going to be huge. Anyway, so, uh, you know, so they're huddled there together, and all of a sudden, Curse is like, so we're going to have a flashback. You ready here? Curse is like, um, yeah, I'm really struggling here, Russell, my belief. I don't know if you've realized this, but every pass to me today so far, I've dropped or uh, has been intercepted. Have you noticed that? You know? And so d just, just wanted you to be aware. And that's when Russell's like, okay, guys, we're going to curse. You're like, what? Can you imagine that huddle last year? Total unbelief had to have prevailed in that huddle. But we know even in the midst of unbelief, someone believed in that huddle. Russell Wilson. And what happened? Image. Boom! Do you remember that moment? 
Jaden, do you remember that moment? Any other Green Bay fans? Do you love that moment? Anyway, so, you know, that was huge. And what happened in the crowd that day? Everybody was like, right? What did that passage just say? It said that the disciples were struggling with their, it said, while they still did not believe, it was because of joy and amazement. That moment when Curse caught that for the win, we're like, how did they just come back from like down by 500, you know? And uh, they were playing kind of a lousy team. Anyway, but anyway, you know, so you just look at that and you go, I'm talking smack because I know there's too many Green Bay fans in this world. And, uh, but you have this moment and they just, like, we just won, but it's like you still don't believe you're looking for the flag. You're finding, how did Curse catch the ball? He's dropped it all night. How did Russell throw it to him? He's missed him all night. You know, it's just that, wow, I remember. It's one of the first times I've ever had to run around the neighborhood with the 12th man flag. Uh, I was just like, I couldn't, you know. So I may have done that if Jesus walked in the room and said, hey, uh, what you cooking? I need something to eat. I'll be back, Jesus. I got to run around the neighborhood. Do I have a Jesus flag? You know, run around the neighborhood. I don't know, but it would have been crazy. And that's what we're having. Now, I'm not saying Russell Wilson's Jesus. I know some people worship him as if he is, but no, no, no. And I'm just saying that he demonstrated what Jesus was doing here in this passage. He had more faith in his receiver, I bet at that moment, than his receiver had in himself. And he said, I believe in you, man. I told you you were going to catch it. And Jesus says, I have more faith in you. I have more faith in you than you have in me. You might doubt. You might struggle with unbelief. But I have faith in you. It's okay to struggle with doubt. It's okay to wrestle and try to figure out what's the meaning of all this. Where's his love? Where's his compassion? Jude 22 says this, be merciful to those who doubt. Mercy. So Jesus gets it. Jesus gets doubt. Jesus gets that we can struggle with this in any given time of our life, and we must look back to the mercy of God. We must put our hope in the fact that He is faithful because we're just not as faithfully believing in Jesus as He believes in us. It's undeserved. It's unreal. But we get loved by a God who pursues us and doesn't lose faith in us. That's what the Gospels are trying to communicate to you and I. And we get to grab a hold of them and, and own it. I don't know about you, but this week has is, is messed me up at times for multiple reasons. Whether it's a moment of generosity where we're serving a school and they're just like, can't put into words the gratitude they have for open life. Or whether it's looking at the images of refugees washing up on shores globally. I don't know if you saw that image of a child way too close to home. I have a four-year-old boy. I have a friend who was a refugee out of Romania and was telling his story along with that picture this week online and how he would struggled through going from country to country to country to finally make his way to America. Now he's a doctor and a pastor of a church in Kirkland, and I'm just going... That boy in that image this week 
on the beach with his face down in the water, losing his life trying to escape persecution and war, didn't get his life chance to become all he could be. And here we are with incredible freedoms. And it's like, okay, okay God, come on. This is tough to swallow. And that's where he writes passages like this so he could say, I get it. Life is not going to be easy. This world we live in is not just hunky-dory Happyville. And we're going to sometimes have to really wrestle through. Like, how could you not just save that kid? Who can get there? Who can help them? I don't know. That kind of stuff messes me up. Luke 24, 44. So Jesus says to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands, blessed them, and while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Final thought, Jesus opens your mind. Jesus opens your mind. We need our minds to be opened, and, and it's only Jesus, it's only by putting our faith in God that our minds can fully be opened to comprehend His love that's written about in the Scripture here in the Bible. This means we don't fully have access to the full capacity of our minds until we choose to follow Jesus and cross that line of faith. Until faith touches us. Romans 10, 9 through 11 says it this way. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So that's the moment. It's like from death to eternal life is your promise. It continues in verse 10. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Belief follows confession. Belief is this after moment, and I think that's what faith is all about. It's like, okay, I'm going to stretch it here because I can study the Scripture from cover to cover, and I might never, for me, have enough proof to finally decide to follow Jesus. That's what's being communicated here, and Jesus says, but I'll at one moment open your mind it's Jesus that can open your mind so that all of a sudden it all makes sense. That's the divine power of God just going, turn that notch. And I'm like, okay, this is all of it. Believe it, I'm in. So we confess, then we believe. That's why we at Open Life every week give an opportunity for you to make a decision to follow Jesus. That's why every quarter or 
Once in a while, we give you an opportunity to follow not only your confession of faith in Jesus, but do what it challenged us to do there in Matthew 28 and, and allow you to be baptized in water to identify yourself with the death and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, we, we, we think it's vital that we believe, that we confess, and then we believe what is written here. I don't think people ever reach the point of following Jesus with facts. You eventually are going to have to cross in and say, okay, I choose you, Jesus, and that's when he's like, okay, oh, yeah, that's what you were doing there, Jesus, and it begins to make sense, fills you with joy and amazement, worship and praise, just as the disciples were filled with, that longing to be in his presence. They were there daily just worshiping Jesus. So I have a simple action step for you that I think we can wrap up the book of Luke with. <laughs> and that's simply put your faith in Jesus, faith in you. Maybe it's a stretch for you to just put your faith in Jesus blank. But what about if you put your faith in Jesus, faith in you? See, he believes in us way more than our belief can sustain in him. He's never going to give up on us. He's going to continually pursue us. So if you're new to church, maybe that looks like trusting the Lord for the first time in your life and exploring what it means to follow Jesus to eventually reach that point of saying, okay, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. Or maybe you're returning to church and, and you realize maybe some of the reason it didn't all click at the first time is you were just exploring but never crossed that line of of faith personally, and that's why things just, the unbelief outweighed the faith. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus already, and so putting your faith in Jesus, faith in you, looks like you beginning to pray for those whose minds need to be opened. And you take on a whole new level of ministry for yourself, and you begin to pray for an awakening in the lives of those who need Jesus' love. It's a new beginning we all have access to. It's an awakening of our faith. That those who followed Jesus for three years, it even took them until now for him to open their minds so that it all made sense. It all came together. So I'm praying today that we can put our faith in Jesus who has more faith in us than we have in him. And maybe today you're going to choose to follow Jesus or you're just going to begin to be wrecked for those who have yet to experience life with Jesus. It's amazing. And you're going to begin to pray that their minds would be open to experience him. I'm going to pray for you. And then they're going to lead us in a worship song as you reflect, man, what should I do? You could explore your connection card, maybe the back side of it. Check the box that fits most. Write a prayer request. Make sure you fill that out as much as you feel comfortable so we can follow through with you. And then... Uh, Elizabeth will come and close us, but I'm going to pray first. So God, I thank you for the opportunity we have today to finish the book of Luke. 21 months of studying your word. I pray that God, you would come and allow us to have increased faith that even in this room right now, you would just flip the switch and allow our minds to be open. That God, you would show us what it is to be able to follow you faithfully and surrender our life to you. And maybe some for the first time in their life today 
are going to make a decision to follow Jesus simply by saying, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I'm going to do that thing that that passage talked about. I'm going to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Help my belief catch up. God, maybe some of us in this room, due to the circumstances in our life, are struggling with unbelief. Awaken us to how you understand that. It's okay. You still have faith in us, and you're still empowering and calling us, even in the midst of our unbelief. And God, for those of us who know people, which should probably be all of us, who do not have a relationship with you, may we be able to take up that role of praying for an awakening in their life, that they would just see your love for them, that they would experience it tangibly through us and others. God, may we just be a pure demonstration of who you are and how you love others in the world we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at openlife.church. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.